This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're tuned in to the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Last week, the Ministry of Housing and Local Government launched Index Tayahuni Malaysia or Livability Index with the intention of making sure other places and cities in Malaysia outside Kuala Lumpur can qualify for the global standards set by a few international institutions. President of Perika Bandar, Shohana Shamsuddin, attended the event and so we decided to speak to her again this week to get her to explain more about livability and whether KL and other cities and places here in Malaysia are able to meet the standard set. Okay, thank you Hanif for inviting me again. Last Thursday, it was the launching of uh, IDAM, an announcement of the cities that make it into the uh, ranking of uh, livable, uh, I wouldn't say cities, you know, livable uh, places in Malaysia. And IDAM means Index Dayahuni Malaysia. Dayahuni means livability. And they uh, what's happening is that the under... KPKT, the Ministry of Housing and Local Government, they are now establishing an index to measure the livability of places in Asia and they are entering the first phase, which the launching was actually at the first phase of that uh, index and then they will, will continue the um, into the, the second phase where they will, uh, um, I think they will increase more indicators to, to measure it. So, uh, why they, they go into this index? Because... Um, at the world level, there is this ranking which we call most livable uh, cities in the world, the, the Global Livability uh, Index. And there are many index, uh, for your information, there are many index um, that has been produced by different countries. But the one that is, um, that is being um, usually uh, referred to, uh, there are three of them, which is the EIU, EIU, the uh, Economic Intelligence Unit, which produced the Global Livability Index, and this is established in UK. Uh, the other, the other one is the Mercer Quality of uh, Living uh, Index, which is based in USA, and another is the Monocle Quality of Life Index, uh, which is based in Europe. Now, this three index is uh, actually quite related to each other and it, it gives some kind of assessment to the quality of life uh, and the livability of places around the world which would help in uh, making the decision about where to put investment uh, from um, the economic uh, perspective as well as uh, how much they should pay to the um, workers who are being sent to different parts of the world in terms of their hardship allowances. So, um, in a way, these indexes are more related to the economic, you know, they're more, more from the economic perspective. Although, if you look at the uh, title, the word livability is about ability for people to live, work and play in an area. And, and, and also, uh, is in a way, livability is related to the quality of life. But we must bear in mind that the whole idea is more from economic perspectives rather than um, uh, looking at it from how the residents uh, actually feel about the, 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 the way, the quality of the environment that they're living in. With. For example, if you look at the EIU, 
the global liberty index you know the the methodology is that they will send an expert they are expert to the each country uh, without telling uh, without uh, uh, informing earlier where, where when they are, they are sending this person and they also do a field survey where they would just have about one, one of the their person to go example this person will go to the hospital you know just to seek for for uh, for treatment and then how long he has to wait you know what is the process like and so forth and then he will be visiting the schools and so forth so in a way they and their comfort level in dealing with the climate and so forth so in a way is it is from this perspectives of the uh, expert that they have in the unit rather than um, looking at from the perspectives of the people who are living there so you see uh, there is a, a, a difference you know in terms of the kind of um, response you will get if you ask somebody uh, who has a certain goal you know to, to assess the people who are actually living in the place you know the, the kind of um, needs that they have yeah I think that's a very good uh, point to bring up uh, but going back to um, the different institutions that do these surveys, do they use the same metric? They have some uh, more or less similar. Uh, like I said just now, more and more from the economic uh, perspective uh, as well as the basic needs, such as um, if you look at the uh, EIU, the Global Liberty Index, they have um, six um, uh, uh, criteria to assess, which is about the stability, which is about political stability, because when they want to send people to work in the place, you know, they have to make sure that the place is stable because that will make it livable. So, and then the healthcare, uh, they also look into the culture, you know, how much uh, the people in the place, you know, are able to express their cultural way of life and so forth. And then environment and education and infrastructure. So, uh, this is the, the six. And uh, if, if you look at this, but under culture and environment, this is where the design part comes into it. It's more about uh, the quality of the, the, the design of the places also, and the way that it is responding to the climate is actually uh, under this uh, too, culture and environment. Um, yeah, but if you uh, look at the other, for example, Monocle Quality of Life Index in Europe, they have more criteria. They look into safety and crime and then uh, they also look into international connectivity, the climate, uh, and then the quality of architecture. Uh, they're they very, they're these, uh, and then public transport, tolerance, also environmental issues and access to nature. They're also assessing the urban design uh, as well as the cities, and then the uh, business, uh, business conditions, uh, proactive policy development, and medical care. So um, you see, they have more or less double the, the kind of uh, criteria that you're looking compared to the uh, EIU, Global Liberty Index. And the other one, which I mentioned just now, Mercer, for example, also have more. They're looking 10, 10 criteria, which is about safety, education, hygiene, healthcare, culture, environment, recreation, political, economic stability, public transport, and access to goods and services. So um, if, if you compare the three, all of them are looking into environment. And then uh, uh, and culture, uh, but monocle because they are they are focusing on quality of life. So they are they are looking to design urban design and as well as architecture, not just about the provision of the uh, services. All right. Okay. Um. So uh, based on based on your reading, where where does KL feature in all usually in all these places? Uh, okay. 
if you look at the purpose of uh, producing uh, idam, the whole idea is that to put uh, Malaysia in uh, at the global um, ranking because at the moment only KL make it into the top 100 uh, most livable cities in the world. And I'm not sure about the recent um, ranking, but about four or five years ago, only the position of uh, KL is about at the level of 78 or 79. It's not, it's not at the top 50 uh, in the world, but at least it makes it <laughs> makes into the top uh, 100. And uh, I think the whole intention is actually to push up, you know, the ranking um, of Malaysian city or probably to increase more, to include more cities, you know, to be included in, uh, in the ranking. Because with the uh, ranking uh, of this uh, Global Liberty Index, you know, it would help to uh, attract foreign investors into the country. And at the same time, in Malaysia, there is the aspiration that we want more international students to come to study in Malaysia because this will boost up the economy, you know, when you have more international students. Um, I mean, I used to be at university before the pandemic. We used to have quite a high number of uh, international students, but after the pan pandemic, you know, the, the numbers suddenly dropped. And this has, um, in a way, affected the income of the university because the uh, for international students you can charge a higher fee than the uh, local students so when they develop this idam uh, index you know they were also studying the the criteria of um, uh, being used by by EIU and uh, what what they have here is um, first for for the the idam uh, the index for liberty information they are also looking from the aspects of economic and then education uh, healthcare uh, basic needs you know uh, inf uh, infrastructure and uh, also the um, environment uh, uh, green uh, environment uh, the environment we should be going for green, sustainable, and uh, resilient in the future. So, in a way, there is some similarity to the to the uh, criteria that has been developed by uh, EIU, except for that EIU put the uh, the emphasis on culture in their criteria, but we don't have that in IDAM. And also, uh, when we look at the uh, criteria for environment uh, in IDAM, the Emphasis is more towards um, how should I say? You know, the is more about the physical environment rather than uh, the 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 global the 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 more uh, the bigger picture of environment, which also include built environment. Uh, that's why I I noticed that that with that uh, kind of uh, emphasis. So the built environment aspects and urban design, you no, know, is not being. Uh, considered in the in idiom. That was Shuan Sudin, President of Breaker Banda, talking about the livability of cities. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Anif Baharuddin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9 listening to I Love KL bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin. Shona Shamsuddin, President of Breaker Bandar, joins me again this week via Zoom. This time around, we're talking about livability following the launch of the Livability Index by the Ministry of Housing and Local Government last week, which Shona attended. We're going to continue the second part of the show by looking at the criteria chosen by the ministry and whether they're sufficient. Um, I think what 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 they have done uh, in Idam, I think uh, for the moment is sufficient. If they, if they are saying they are entering into the first phase of it, is a sufficient, but it's not encompassing. Uh, you, uh, if you look at um, the situation in Malaysia at the moment, we we've got very good, uh, very good and comprehensive planning system in terms of documentation of the policies and the system to to operate. It. But we have lots of problem in the translation and the implementation of the policies that you can see the effect on the ground. Uh, if you look at uh, Singapore, I mean, our close neighbor, uh, uh, next door neighbor, who is already in, in, in the developed uh, develop country status, and Singapore has made it into the top 50. Uh, at one stage, they used to be in the number 20, in the top most livable city in the world. They, they did make it uh, number 20 once. So, it shows that our neighbor, uh, Singapore, has um, done much better than us. But if you look at Singapore, the, they have a center for livability. Uh, livable city and the way they define livable shows the the kind of emphasis they they they, they give in uh, actually um developing their cities because uh, for the singapore center of livability to them livability is about a city through uh, good planning provide a vibrant attractive secure environment for people to live work and play encompass which encompass good governance a competitive economy high quality of living and environmental sustainability. So they are also emphasizing on, when they talk about vibrant, attractive place, it's about the design, the cities. So that explains how the way uh, Singapore been managing and uh, planning uh, as well, building the cities, that they put a lot of emphasis on the urban design as a means to, to implement all their policies to, to, to create a, a, a livable uh, city. Because um, if you look at um, the, um, the new urban uh, agenda, uh, which is related to the Sustainable Development Goals uh, 11 on building cities to, so, be, so that they are uh, safe, inclusive, uh, one of the aspects is to promote safety uh, and green public spaces. And sustainable urban design is mentioned to be the tool to implement all these policies. To get the 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 kind to to achieve the uh, to the achieve one of the uh, aims in the uh, new urban agenda. So um, I think Malaysia we are still um, not being forceful in actually embracing urban design as part of of the process of implementing the policies. So uh, one of the reason being in terms of capacity getting uh, the shortage of professionals um, that uh, have the training in urban design. Uh, at the moment, I think at Preka Banda, we uh, have uh, tried to trace, trace the people who have postgraduate uh, training in urban design after their first degree uh, in architecture, town planning or landscape architecture. So far, we only have about 45, 45 uh, um, uh, people who have the 
uh, train in urban design that is becomes our member which we we gave them ordinary members so in a way it is difficult to actually uh, put emphasis on urban design if you do not have the capacity uh, the manpower the resource the 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 the, the resources you know to actually uh, execute this because um, if if you look at the way um, in Singapore the URA you know they have um, they go all out in actually you know monitoring how the projects has been in the, implemented on the ground you know and the, the kind of design that they that 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 they are going to to build there so there's a lot of coordination and uh, monitoring on the ground so, I mean it comes to the urban design because they 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 put that emphasis uh, on urban design but in Malaysia we are, we are more in terms just uh, looking into the land use planning i mean uh, whether it fits into the land then use uh, the zoning the emphasis is more spatial two dimensional rather than looking to because when you talk about design you have to be three dimensional you know because you're talking about how the things are going to be built on the ground so that is where we lack because um, most of the time the development that's happening on that is not being uh, the design is not being coordinated but they may meet the requirement in terms of the land use policy the land use zoning in terms of the standards uh, green open spaces standard but in terms of the design how the actual the building the design will come takes place it can, it's not really coordinated and monitored because it is left to the architects of the individual sites to actually design the the building follow once they got the 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 permission to develop because the 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 checking is more in terms of the plot ratio very very technical very quantitative like plot ratio setbacks requirement and so forth but very uh, seldom looking into design design the, the quality of the design because individual architects don't have the um the right to actually um coordinate the design with others because they they don't have the the authority to do so but is the the local authority will be the one in if you look in UK even in I I look uh, the way they have they did this in URA is similar to what has been done in UK you know the local planning authorities will be discussing with the architects the submitting architects on how the design should take place how is it going to be uh, connected or coordinated with the design in other parts of this so you can see a very um, integrated kind of design and then all the policies uh, are actually translated in terms of master plans uh, urban design frameworks and so forth so that it gives a better guideline to the to the architects that has uh, the uh, responsibility to develop to build the the buildings on, on the given site because mind you architects have their own clients to 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 comply to and it's up to the local authority to actually coordinate and uh, uh, what should be done for example, if the local authority will say, that's why we have um, our walkability um, uh, it's not very good because if the local authority do, doesn't require the architects to design their building to ensure that people can walk, you know, safely, then they will not do it. If because that if, if, because it's not that they don't want to do it. Perhaps the the uh, their client might want to save money, you know, from just from doing something that is not really giving profit to them. So. That's why urban design is very important if you want to get a very quality environment because the local authority has the uh, um, the power or the authority to require such kind of design in order to create a very a good quality environment. Mm. Okay, so yeah, 
you you mentioned qualitative and how important that is, right? Uh, it seems that our approach um, or even the general approach tends to focus more on um, quantitative quality, which to some extent maybe we tick some boxes here and there. Maybe I mean we're not up there yet, but we still we are still ticking a few boxes here and there. But when it comes to the qualitative aspect of things, that's where we are lacking, right? Um, so how do you go about? I guess you know even fixing that you know and 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 because of its qualitative nature right um how 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 do you solve these qualitative problems and what what are the some of the qualitative benchmarks that we need to somehow um adhere to um actually if you if you look at the top 10 most livable cities in the world those who make it to the top ranking uh, although they fulfill the, this or this criteria which focuses on economics, you know, the facilities, but they are also cities which demonstrate best practice in urban design. If you look no those like Melbourne, uh, Vienna, uh, you know, all those cities that 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 goes into the top rank, you know, their cities are very walkable. You know, they they all the old historical places are being welcomed, reconserved, and there's a lot of um. Uh, public spaces, spaces that has been designed in the city. So, in a way, indirectly, actually, this is my assumption is that if you go for a livable city, it, part and part of the process of getting make the city livable is that you have to be well designed. It has to be attractive a place for people to live. You know, very pleasurable for people to walk. You know, very convenient for them to live their lives. The children can walk to school. They can walk anywhere without without depending so much on their cars. You know, and they have access uh, at their doorsteps. You know, or recreational places for vacation and so forth. And the design of their their uh, houses. You know, they don't need to uh, spend more money to do renovation and so like like what's happening here in Malaysia. You know. We buy the house and then we spend more money to, to do the renovation. And um, I, there was a research being done. You know, I was involved um, in one of the, the research uh, done by one uh, PhD student in UTM to look into the personalization of mass housing. Why people in Malaysia spend so much to renovate their houses? You know, It's not very sustainable because the houses, the price of the house is already very high, very expensive. And then you have to spend more money to, to do renovation. Uh, because there seems to be uh, as if you know you are not buying a complete house as compared to in the UK when we did a case study uh, over there in UK once you buy the house you don't have to do anything anymore the price that you pay is only is the fixed is the price that for a complete house without having to to spend more money for 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 renovation to increase the safety levels and so forth. Somehow or other, there is a perception that our housing environment is not safe. That's why we spend a lot of money putting up the grills, you know, putting up the fences. Sometimes the, 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 the fences, you know, we're building like the house like a prison, you know. Um, and that kind of perception is normally based on the real environment. Because I think there's um, since there are so many break-ins, burglary, and so forth, people tend to be scared. And people tend to assume that when they buy the house, they have to spend more money to 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 do that. That's why design is very important. In UK, yeah, they are designing the houses and their environment to include safety into the perspective, so that there is such thing what we call defensible space whereby you design the house so that we can overlook each other and uh, keep a surveillance on who comes into the neighborhood and not. And then when the children go to the playground, you know, there'll be people, many people watching over the children due to the, the way you design the layout of the houses. So if you design 
uh, well, you know, you you'll be solving the 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 problem of safety, and you'll be solving the problem of uh, of not having to depend highly on cars, which is two aspects that is related to quality of life, safety, and um, public transportation. You know, a walkable environment. So this thing cannot be solved just by a policy. Or you just by planning, you have to design. But once you plan for a safe environment, a walkable environment, how do you design for it? So when you talk about design, there there is urban design because you because if you talk about design of single building, there is architecture. But when you talk about designing groups of buildings, the neighborhood, city center, that is urban design. So that is where we are lacking at the moment, and I don't blame. Uh, why we are having this kind of environment because we don't have the capacity yet you know to actually uh, ensure that the all our city will de- demonstrate best practices in urban design because they lack the manpower and capacity apparently not many uh, people you know the professionals when they go for uh, postgraduate uh, studies not many will go will choose urban design to be their yeah uh, postgraduate um uh, education i don't know why <laughs> but it is so important for architects planners and landscape architects to have a, another degree if you want to further the study into urban design because that will actually en- enhance uh, as an added value to their uh, their first uh, degree qualification that it seems that it's not a popular kind of um uh, and that affects the manpower, the capacity of the uh, and the resources that we have to actually uh, uh, implement good urban design. Okay, so so how do we go about, I guess, quote unquote, uh, fixing that? Uh, I think it, it, the the uh, the Ministry of Housing and Local Government uh, should encourage. Uh, or, or, or for one, we don't even have um, at the Ministry of Housing and Local Government there is a Department of Landscape, and then there's plan measure which looks into. Uh, the planning of Malaysia, but there's no department of urban design. <laughs> so when you don't have a department of urban design, then the, it, automatically you know you tend to forget about it because the planning Malaysia will look into planning, and then the landscape department will look into the landscape. So uh, at the planning Malaysia, they have one unit which they call uh, the unit uh, morphology, reka uh, bentuk dan warisan. So morphology, design, and um heritage which is not really looking to urban design because uh, because when we look this unit is just looking methodology morphology is about how a city evolve you know the 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 evolution of city in terms of its urban pattern and then what is done is heritage looking to the conservation aspect and then because they don't put the department of urban design so it, in a way it been it's been sidelined so when you don't have a unit or a department to look after it so uh, there's not enough emphasis in, in in the way we we plan our cities. You get what I mean? Yeah, because when when there is not when, when people read it as you know, no, it's not not important aspect. So who wants to go into urban design? You know, because they know that it's not really needed uh, when they want to go and work. And at the local authority, even so, now in DBKR they used to have an urban design unit, but I'm not sure whether they have it have it now. Last time they have what they because what they 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 shouldn't they should have a department of urban design in the DBK or at the local authority or at the very least have a unit so that there are people you know dedicated to um ensuring that you know the 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 place that they are they are governing is 
is well designed their their the the policies will be translated into the guidelines for to design the city there will be lots of um, tools and mechanism uh, being developed to implement the policies and to ensure that all the policies are actually uh, implemented implemented with the quality uh, that is needed to ensure that the the quality of the quality of life people will be uh, uh, increased so i think it's not just an easy solution to this it's a the the it has to is involved the, the whole organization and such but mind you in indonesia urban designers you know there is um uh, the pro, urban designer is recognized as a profession in indonesia they are much ahead than us actually i mean i mean singapore is much much more <laughs> advanced but even indonesia is also has overtaken us therefore they have urban designers as a profession once you have uh, an urban designer as a profession there will be lots of jobs created and there will be more people entering into it and they can improve the quality of the 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 design cities in the way they even if they work at the local authority or even if they work if they work in private practices that's why when we set up uh, the Malaysian Urban Design Association Pekan, our role now is more more just to create awareness because we know that urban design is not a profession it's not even yet recognized you know as an important aspects of city building as compared to uh, planning and uh, landscape architecture even uh, in in JKR they have a sustainable urban design task force now, at least now they recognize that you have to look into urban design because JKR is so now designing campuses you know which is also once you design more than one building then you are it's already an urban design scope of work and once you are planning the cities then you have to ensure that whatever you plan has to will 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 be implemented and will be built according to your your vision goals and vision that is already into going to urban design but i don't know why until now it's already 2022 we still do not see the importance of urban design in as part of the process of planning and building our cities all right okay so going back to idam and i guess to a certain extent our uh, still Uh, infant initiative at getting things off the ground um can you give any advice as to how we should go about it like like now that we have laid the groundwork mm. i i but you know we i i think i have to congratulate kpkt for at least making a start you know to look into the livability uh of our um environment because that is one thing it's a responsibility of those who are actually uh involved in the Uh, built environment um, uh, profession to provide the best environment and the livable environment is the best thing you can offer to those people who are going to inhabit the the city. So, uh, since it's already is still in phase one, what what I would suggest that uh, and when they are entering to phase two, they have to include this um, uh, cultural as well as um, the uh, the design aspect, the qualitative aspect. As part of the criteria that that you use to measure livability, because that will be the only way to uh, to encourage you know the 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 local authorities in that place to actually focus on urban design. Once now it's becoming an a criteria, a criteria that you are going to assess, like what they did in Singapore. You know, if you put, but uh, by the way, in the tenth Malaysia plan, you know. Um, they have um included in one of the chapters about uh. We, this is why I find it strange why we didn't uh uh pick up uh after that. 
Okay, let me uh, look look into the. When I I remember, mind uh, you, I also did got a research grant to do a research on the livable uh, lithium nation cities. We focus more on the the effect to uh, design on um, on livability, uh, and that's when we uh, discovered that in the um, in the tenth uh, nature plan, they have a chapter which they call um, building um, vibrant and livable cities in the tenth nature plan. So, in there was uh, the, the criteria for the livable cities then was city design, transport, environment, activities, and culture governance, and creating attractive and pleasant city to maintain quality of urban design is part of a uh, concern in giving uh, and making livable city. But we are now already in the I don't know eleven nation plan or twelve nation, but. They have already started to think about it in the 10th Malaysia plan that was in 20, um, 2010. But now, somehow or other, when they do this ETERM, you know, they just focus on the 11th nation plan, which is also focusing on sustainable development. And I, if you look at 11 nation plan, there are six strategic trusts, which is about inclusivity towards equitable society, improve the well-being, healthy individuals, affordable housing, uh, safer communities. And then, uh, and these are the ones related to livable. But that 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 design aspect, that vibe, which they mentioned in the ten nation plan, was not there in the eleven nation plan. And that's probably why, in the when they develop Edam, you know, it, they they miss it up. They miss they miss that aspect about the culture and and urban design. So it's they're still uh, it's not lost cause yet. I mean, it probably when they develop further, then probably you can include it because even though it's. Uh, in the 10 nation plan, it's already mentioned about building livable cities, you know, focusing on design as well. That doesn't mean that now even it's not mentioned in the 11 nation plan that you just forget about it. It, it, it should continue. Something that is good, but we still have not reached our target. You know, it should be, uh, it should be followed uh, now. Uh, and uh, although the whole world now is focusing on sustainable development, but remind you, livability is part of sustainability. And inside livability, the aspect of culture and urban design has a lot of uh, in, uh, role to influence uh, the quality of environment for you to live, work, and play. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was Shuan Asham Sudin, President of Perikul Bandar, speaking about the livability of cities. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at pfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and you can also find our podcast on Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Anif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9 The Business Station You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9 The Business Station For more stories of the same kind download the BFM app